4, verses 14 to 41, which is on page 973 of the Green Bibles. I'll just give you a minute to, to find that. <coughs> That's Luke chapter 4, starting at verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This is the word of the Lord. Good. Nick, thank you very much for reading. I'd love you to have that uh, passage open, page 973. I'll refer to it in uh, a few minutes as uh, I think this morning of our call to be a transforming community. Been, uh, last week I was speaking about refreshing, kind of stepping up in our stated vision um, to grow the Christ-centered family, to transform Parsons Green. We believe we've being given in Jesus and by his spirit, life and life in all its fullness, eternal life, unbelievable life. It's not just for when we die for heaven that has been brought forward into our world, into our life here by the first fruits of the spirit. We who have the first fruits, the deposit, the down payment, as the Bible calls it, then we can begin to live that fullness of life now and demonstrate what that looks like the world around us. Shine so the world may see your love lives in me or whatever the words are. But anyway, a lot of our theology is basically best encapsulated in the, in the children's songs we sing. Uh, Fill me, send me, love me. Not that order, but uh, it, it's the same effect. And that's the, the, the vision behind um, the preaching series January and February. We'll get more and more practical as the weeks go on. I, today, all I want to do very briefly is to, to maybe just dispel one or two myths about mission and to reach some kind of definition. Hopefully that lays the foundation for what we'll do in the coming weeks as we think about a mission uh, and a vision for mission for the city and for this city in particular as we think about what it means to be salt and light. Jesus describes his followers as salt and light. What, what, is, what does salt and light do? What, what would we do? if we are to operate under that metaphor. And then some practical things, uh, ways in which we can be salt and light in the, our places of work. How can we live as Christians in the workplace to make a difference, to transform that community? Uh, and who can we partner with in this local area so that we can together uh, create a synergy, add to a synergy that makes a difference to the world in which we live? Challenging stuff, exciting stuff. I hope that by uh, we get to the end of February, I hope we're not the same kind of people with the same kind of vision 
as we are now. I hope something has happened in the spirit realm and in our lives to make a difference in us so that we make a difference in the world in which we live. So to that end, let's bow our heads for a short word of prayer as we embark on this adventure. Father, we don't do it alone. We recognize Jesus here, baptized earlier in this uh, account of uh, his life, Luke's gospel, and your affirmation on him, and he's tested, Lord, and then he comes full of the Spirit to begin, to unroll, to inaugurate your kingdom here on earth. We've just prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, that is our prayer. That in and through us, your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Teach us, equip us, release us. Father, where we are blind, help us to see. Where we are oppressed, free us. Recover in us, Lord, your life, your power, your vision, your vitality. That the world might see you live in me and us. For Jesus' sake, amen. Amen. Um, just to say that I've got some uh, questions for discussion, either for your own thoughts and discussion, for sort of family or uh, couples, housemates, whatever it might be, and also specifically for house groups. There's a list of these uh, A5 sheet questions on the back, uh, on the table at the back there, so please do take one. There's enough for house group leaders. If you have a look around, your house group leader's not here today, just grab one for him or her, um, and uh, please do deploy them Tuesday or Wednesday as we begin to meet. Mission, taken from the Latin, miso, I send. Mission literally means to be sent. People who are sent out. People who are called to move from where they are to where God is calling them to be. And to take with them something of his light and life and love. The Bible is a mission book. Right, right from the very first chapter, God, God is, is he's perfectly happy. He's got everything he needs. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He's just, he exists in wonderful, harmonious relationship. He doesn't need to do anything. Yet out of his love, he creates. He moves. And he creates the universe. He creates the world. He creates you and me objects of his love. So desperate is he to exhibit his love, that others may share in his love, that that experience of love may be truly consummated. Abraham, he calls Abraham, he says, go to a place I will show you, you and your descendants, the promised land, the people of Israel, they're called to go, to move, to inhabit the land. We think about, don't we, in our lives, we, we're we often get it upside down, wrong way around. We think, oh, I, I, I long to get away from it all. You know, we, we'll, we'll live in this city and we'll work in this city just as long as I can hold on to the little dream that maybe there's a country house somewhere, rolling fields, a paddock, quietness, a little stream, and I can get away from it all. There's a sort of deep sense that actually I'll put up with the hubbub and the busyness as long as I can get away. That's not the call of the Lord on us. Actually, the call, on the, Lord, the call on the people of Israel was to get involved. The promised land was right slap back in the middle of everyone else and everything else. And Israel's called to go. Israel's called on mission 
All the leaders are called to teach the people. We're a missional community in order that we can impact the world around us. Mission. Love to play word association. I say mission. I wonder what you think. You're sort of a, uh, a wonderful sort of integral elderly couple, grey-haired, uh, wizened faces, beard, maybe. Just years in the mission field. Mission. What is it, Kundra? I, I wonder if it's locked in with this sort of sense of the British Empire expanding, rolling out, conquering the world. And, and, and sort of, you know, we should teach them Christian morality. And all. So off we go. These natives in India or South America or Africa. Mission is out there. It, it, it's across the seas. Now, I, I maybe I'm sort of, I, I recognize I'm building up one or two straw men. They may simply be that, straw men. This isn't really where we're at. It's not really what you think of with mission. But I, uh, I remember having some extraordinary discussions with my, um, the church I served my curacy in about 10 years ago. So although that was 10 years ago, but you can tell that was sort of the start of the noughties, 21st century. And the thinking there was locked into mission is, is essentially overseas mission. And there was this extraordinary inability, it seemed to me, to recognize that one could be sent by God to um, minister and mission to our neighbors and friends in, in just roundabout. As long as we go from where we actually are. Uh, extraordinary places of deprivation, actually, in Bristol. St. Paul's is the center uh, of Bristol, area of Bristol, with extraordinary need, where we had a number of links. And you know, the people who went and worked there and the uh, mission, they know they're not proper missionaries. Somehow you've got to have a passport, was the thinking. Mission, right over there. And mission, someone else, particular people. They're kind of pioneers and adventurers. You almost, they've still got the bush shorts and the kind of hat and the machete uh, as part of their vital equipment. And so mission out there, not here. Mission is someone else, it's not me. A mission is being maybe sort of called to do something slightly weird. I remember there was a guy in a church when I was, um, just after I left school actually, uh, I went to a church for a little while in, in Bromley near where I lived. And there was a guy there called Tony. He was a nice guy, sort of middle-aged, uh, kind of good job as an accountant um, in, in, in the town. He did, you know, um, commuted up into Victoria, I think it was. And, he, were, and he, he was, I think, a good accountant. He was happy with his life. And, you know, he was kind of riddled with this fear that, and this maybe says something more of his theology of God, but it riddled with this fear that God was going to take him from his secure, nice home, take him from his job, which he did really well, that he'd been trained in, and he was skilled in, equipped in, and God was going to could put him somewhere in some far-flung place where we'd never be able to reach him and, and make him do or be someone that he just couldn't bear to be. Such was the warped sense of mission that he'd imbibed or grown up with. I, I wonder whether something, I mean, that's a, I thought it was a rather extreme case, maybe a caricature case, but I wonder whether something of that exists in us. And as soon as I talk about a sermon series on mission and uh, kind of one or two talks on, on what it is to be a mission or community, you, think you, you, you almost immediately think, like, well, I'm going to dial out of this, that's not me.
let's define terms. There's a bit more I could say on, on uh, I think, with the collapse of the sense of empire and actually with immigration, migration, greater mobility. Uh, we live in the global city. We're so much more aware of people groups around the world and actually those people groups live on our doorstep. Um, I think it's gone. There's an eroded, similar sort of erosion of the sense that we've got to go a million miles. Actually, we can mission to all sorts of people groups and all sorts of needs within a hundred yards of this place here. Because of that, actually, I think sometimes, in, certainly in evangelical circles, there was a kind of disconnect between evangelism and social action as, as part of mission. They got sort of separated. And uh, evangelicals, I'm, I'm, I'm now sort of generalizing, but evangelicals maybe got a touch preoccupied on evangelism, on the, on the, the, the sort of declaration of the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ, and for personal sort of inner transformation and a personal commitment to follow Jesus Christ, which is part and parcel of mission. But uh, sort of there was a bit of a disconnect, maybe, an association with a slightly liberal Christianity if one purely got involved in, in practical aspects of mission. Um, and uh, I think there's been sort of an element of introversion. Um, possibly, too, just over the last century or so, is, uh, with the, the erosion of the sense of empire and actually... I think that sort of British missionaries and German missionaries at uh, the end of the 19th century had done much great pioneering missionary work in, in Africa. And now through two world wars, here were these two nations, Britain and Germany, fighting on African soil. You know, formerly they'd been preaching peace, and now they were at war with each other. And, uh, and as uh, Christians in the West, I wonder whether we lost confidence in worldwide mission to be discussed. I'm, I'm kind of putting it out there. But whatever it is, misunderstanding or a loss of confidence uh, or a kind of uh, strange sort of teasing out of the strands of mission. I wonder whether it's something that we need to appraise as uh, Christians in the West and here as a church, particularly when we think perhaps less kind of globally, but just locally, how many mission opportunities there are. Very briefly, a definition. What is mission? Well, look, here it is in Luke chapter 4. Jesus has been baptized, and this voice from heaven, this is my son, in whom I'm well pleased. Look at uh, verse 1 of chapter 4. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And we know he's tested there. Look at uh, the beginning of our reading, verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. News about him spread. He goes to the synagogue, as is his custom. Uh, he stands up to read. A scroll is handed to him, and he deliberately finds this place in uh, the prophet Isaiah, chapter 61, as you'll see from the footnote. In verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Year, not in a, a sort of time-measured sense. Year as in a season. An era, if you like. The era of the Lord's favor. The era of salvation. The era of proclamation and release and recovery is now, as he says, verse 21, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus saying, in effect, what Isaiah prophesied, I am now fleshing out. This has become reality. 
and we stand in that inheritance. We're part of that reality. We are part of what it is to be called, those of us who have encountered Jesus Christ and are full of his life, his spirit, then we are called to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to proclaim salvation. Now on these, uh, these uh, house group notes here, I've just taken to preach good news to the poor. What does it mean to preach? How do we preach? To whom? What style do we use? What is the good news? Is it different things to different people? And again, one or two cross-references here to see how Jesus, different people, different backgrounds, different lifestyles, he adopted a different approach to proclaim the good news. Who are the poor? Physically, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. And again, just a challenge for us, one or two references there, to think through, to see different uh, types of poverty that Jesus encountered. Are we, I wonder, just to, to throw this out, are we becoming re- actually relationally poor, those of us who are becoming increasingly addicted to social networking sites? I don't make too much of a comment on Facebook and Twitter and all that kind of stuff, except to say, what is it doing to us? Are we, are we impoverishing ourselves, ironically, by having such a sort of wide, but possibly relatively shallow relational base? Are we becoming relationally impoverished? Is, is it harder for us actually to convey deep joy, lasting peace through the good news that Jesus Christ brings? Because we have, goodness knows how many friends on Facebook, but very little friendships that seem rooted and, and deepening and maturing, where we give and receive in a, in, a, in, a, in a way that's wrapped up in the love of Jesus Christ. Are we becoming poor in ways in the 21st century that perhaps hitherto were unimaginable? What does it mean to preach the good news to the poor? These uh, questions here that um, I can't possibly, I can raise a few of them. I can't possibly begin to answer, but I'd love us in our groups, triplets, however it is that we meet. And incidentally, if you're part of us here on a Sunday, you gather on a Sunday, but you'd love to sort of take this further, the things that have kind of got under your skin. Maybe you disagree with something that I've said. You want to take that further. Then it's a brilliant way to join in with one or two of uh, the house groups that meet either on Tuesday or Wednesday. Come and see me at the end or will and we can let you know more about um, how to get involved and to take this further. A definition of uh, mission. That individuals encounter Jesus Christ personally, experience life and life in all its fullness in order that their lives might be transformed and they transform the lives of those around them. Mission is how Christians take the life of Jesus and communicate it to a needy and dying world. Now, what does that look like? How does that sound? How does that feel? Will inevitably vary depending on who we are and where he sent us, the context in which we actually find ourselves ministering and missioning. But that's something that I'm hoping we can flesh out and challenge 
and release in the coming days and weeks. A transforming community that makes a difference where they live and work and have their being. Some extraordinary opportunities for us right on our doorstep here. There'll be extraordinary opportunities for you at work. The place of work as well as this geographical place here for us seriously to grow the Christ Center family, to transform Parsons Green and beyond. Let's stand together. Just a moment or two for us as we stand invite God by his spirit we'll do that formally through the liturgy of uh, communion in just a few moments but just now father we pray your spirit rest on each and every one of us we recognize Jesus full of the spirit inspired to read those words of Isaiah and to appropriate them for his ministry father how we want to stand under the shower of that anointing that you would release us and inspire us to make a difference in the world in which we live. To recognize the oppressed and the blind, the downtrodden, the marginalized, and to speak a word kind of inspired word of love and life to act in such a way that they are brought into the center of your love and life. That we be marked here as a transforming community that brings life and transformation to others. So as we stand, we come to uh, celebrate communion together. We're going to move <laughs> in a few moments uh, to come and receive the bread and the wine, symbolizing Jesus' presence in our lives, empowering us and inspiring us to live and work to his praise and glory. The Lord is here. His Spirit is with us.